When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken, and we're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I am so excited today because a colleague, somebody that I have known for about 30 some odd years. Her name is Janelle Barlow, and she is the author and wrote this book in 1988, I believe. It was uh, titled A Complaint is a Gift. Guess what? November 2022, she releases the third version of this. And we're going to be talking about that book, how to handle complaints, why managing complaints is so important. This is going to be an amazing episode on Amazing Business Radio. Before we get into the interview, a couple of quick announcements. If you have a story or a question, please reach out to me on all the social media channels. Please, I will answer them there, I promise. Either if it's a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll answer it in the social channel, on my blog, in my newsletter, on this show, or maybe my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, and you can get episodes at BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. Well, it's time to get into our interview where we're going to talk to the woman who wrote the book, A Complaint is a Gift. Janelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shep. It's great to see you. It's great to Hear see you. you. You know, and I know they're going to see you. How do you see you? This is an audio yeah. program, but I can see you when we record. We actually get to look at each other uh, as we do this. I am so excited about your new book, which is actually an old book. Uh, the complaint: a complaint is a gift. Which, by the way, uh, just November two thousand twenty-two, your third release of this book with all updated information. So it's as as recent as you would want it to get, I would suggest that you do not pass go, do not collect $200, turn off the recording right now and just go straight over to Amazon and buy this book. <laughs> How's that for a fun? I like that. I All like right. That. So again, a complaint is a gift, how to learn from critical feedback and recover customer loyalty. And I read this book in the 1980s. I started my business way back then. And your book was one of the go-to books for me to learn and share insights and, and interpret insights uh, that I eventually uh, you know, put into my speeches and writings. And we all have different ideas. The other thing I'm excited about is this uh, national customer rage study uh, where right. people are angry. And there's an actual study that uh, you reference and that you're a part of that gives us an idea of just how much this costs business. Yes, yes. And you know, Shep, and I'll tell you about some of those statistics because they are really astounding. But what I found is if you link them together, which you really can't do statistically, but you can in terms of your head and how you think about this, you put them all together and it's really profound what is happening. So for example, uh, two thirds people have a product or a service failure. Now, do they talk about thirds of people now? Now, they they have a product or service failure across their life, not 
one specific thing always fails two thirds of the time. Well, they in the experience of getting service, two thirds of the people have an experience once when they did this survey over the year. And I don't know, I, you know, I actually don't know that they said in the last six months, in the last week, I don't know, but it's a huge number of people who have a problem and they don't talk about it. They, right. They, they just they they internalize back. it. Uh, they, well, they don't tell the company. They may tell, they don't tell the company. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I just got a new car, a new Subaru Forester. I love it. I love it. But there's a clunk that it makes when I hit a bump. And the problem is, is that they've got the tool sitting on top of the tire. And when you hit the bump, it the whole thing lifts up and bounces down. Now, we've been researching this. Huge numbers of people have this same problem. Why oh, my gosh. <laughs> why haven't they fixed this? You, you know, know, because it's, it's a minor it, thing. It's a great car. It's an expensive car. And it's got it this. blows my mind. You know, let's, I mean, I love Subaru. Subaru's a great brand. Oh, and and they're a client. So I've got to be, you know, I'm, and that's not just the reason I'm saying this. I would right. just shut up if I didn't, uh, uh, right. didn't want to talk about them. But it doesn't matter what the company is. We will do an exercise in our training workshops and we'll say, what are the biggest complaints that you hear? Let's list them all out. And then let's talk about two or three of them. And one of the questions we ask is, how often does this happen? And once in a while, we'll hear, well, it happens like every day. It happens all the time. We hear this, you know, multiple. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's there. Why haven't you fixed it yet? <laughs> why? Why? You know, so the idea is from behind behind the complaint. You don't just want to resolve the complaint. You want to yeah. figure out why it happened and operationalize around it. Make That's for you. It. And yeah. with the customer, what you want to do is engage them in such a way so that they walk away feeling like you're connected to them because you're taking care of them. Mm, yep. But here's a second statistic. 58% of the people felt uh, that they they had limited satisfaction with how it was handled. They uh, neither nothing happened or it was limited in how whatever happened. 58%. So even though they got through to somebody or somehow connected with the company, right. and they they just aren't happy. Even though the complaint might have been resolved, they weren't happy right. with the way it was resolved. The way it was resolved, exactly. And I honestly believe, and if you look at the research, there's a lot of it that. The handling the emotional side of that complaint experience is, I, I hate to say this, but it's probably more important than handling what actually happened. Uh, yeah. Because you can handle what happens. Here's a refund. Here's a this. I'll fix this. I'll give you a new this. But if you're treated poorly or you're treated emotionally, you, you're not going to be happy. So that Able emotional states. satisfaction is yeah. so important. You've got to start there, really start well, there. I, I think table stakes is we're going to solve your problem. However, mm -hmm. if you don't do it with the emotional satisfaction, you're not going to create any effect beyond, okay, they fixed it. I'm moving on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. It, it, it doesn't create that feeling of engagement connection for longevity. Okay. So, so to summarize, the, basically yeah. what you're saying is it's not just you fix the problem. It's how you fix the problem. Totally. Totally. Okay. Here's another one. Now, remember, we got two thirds had a product failure, 58% said nothing or very limited happened to satisfy them. 65% of the people who are complaining left filled with rage. 
uh, and, and because they didn't get it resolved or the way it was how they were who who knows if how yeah. it was handled or it wasn't resolved or whatever they just are left with rage now these numbers are beginning to stack up now given that so few people complain the numbers go down but of the ones who have got to complain and say something 65 percent left filled with rage define so rage for us um i'm never going to come back to you again that's a pretty direct uh raging statement swearing at people i swore yeah. i swore at a service provider last weekend i apologize but i just had i've been dealing with them for an hour and getting nowhere and i just i swore not i didn't call her name really? but i called the company name and wow. i just it's embarrassing to That's me so not I, do like that, you. But I just i lost it I lost all right it. i'm going to share with you a stat from our uh study that we did sponsored by Amazon. Uh, this is an interesting stat. We asked, um, I find this somewhat entertaining. Uh, let's find, make, make sure I get you the right one. Um, I We specifically asked, have you cussed at a customer service rep? And um, let's make sure I get it. Oh, I can't believe I can't find it now. I'm embarrassed. Here I am. All excited I'm going to swear about yeah. that. <laughs> but it wasn't. Uh, I jokingly say it, it was. It was a number that surprised me. Yelling was one, and then yes. um, and then actually swearing at one was another. That's another. That's another statistic that I quoted in my very first book, and then I think I repeated it in the second edition. And the number is high. I think it's like in the thirty, close to forty percent, somewhere in that range. Forty percent have yelled at a customer service agent. Thirty-three percent have cussed at a customer service yeah. agent. And I add this stat to 72% are lying about it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, when you think about all the swearing that goes on by politicians today, I, it's not surprising that people are swearing more. I would think those numbers are going up. We're just getting used to using four-letter words in our normal yeah, Use it as an adjective is not as bad as if you... It, by the way, it should never be used anyway in situations. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's okay to do, but some people say I'm so freaking mad. Um, but they're not saying, you know, they're not they're not uh, targeting the person they're talking to. They're expressing an emotion and describing their rage as right. a result. Right. There's nothing right with uh, using cuss words to, at that level. You know? Right, right. Hey, I know because that little person who's helping you, probably from the Philippines, is a wonderful, lovely person, and they're doing everything they can not to take. I mean, they're working hard and not taking what you've done to them. Okay, so we got to the forty-seven percent post reviews. Did I say that one? I think not I did. yet. Forty-seven uh, percent. Okay. Yeah, that's almost half of them post reviews of one kind or another. Okay. Here's a good question to uh, ask. Half of them uh, angry customers posting reviews. I mean, so you're not customers. talking about in general uh, people no, posting positive right. reviews. That's right. And do you think those people ever exaggerate? Some some of them are probably exaggerating a little bit. Um, I, I think, think a lot was, of them are exaggerating. Yep. Yeah, well, I really with, do. Re with reviews, it's really interesting how many people. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you can hear. There's apparently a huge fire around here. Sirens are going crazy outside. No, I can't hear it. <laughs> That's good. Microphone's doing its job. Um, you, you know, the uh, idea behind posting reviews is really interesting. Uh, negative reviews um, out of anger is basically a customer seeking revenge. And I don't even think they do it in a review site. I just think they go on social media and tell the world that they're unhappy. 
Right, right. Yeah, they do. And honestly, I think they think it makes a difference. I had a friend who was telling me about how she was dealing with a telecommunications company, which I think all of us would like to swear at from time to time. And uh, she was saying, well, you know what I'm going to do? She said, I'm going to tell them I'm going to quit. And I said, hey, they don't care. They really, you know, I, I'd like to think they do care. But well, they've got so many customers, really. They lose one of them. They don't care. But if that one shares with the world, do you remember, and I've talked about this before, remember, uh, it's uh, Carol, uh, Mike, is it Mike Carol? No, not Mike. It's, uh, he's the guy that was the musician who uh, United Breaks Guitar. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But boy, that's so so unusual. And he was so talented. that. And and they broke his guitar. And the short version of this is he asked United to pay for it. They denied it. And so he wrote a song about it. And after several hundred thousand views on YouTube, they said, hey, uh, we'll fix it. Just take it down. Yeah. (laughs) No. And I think it's like 15, 16, 17 million views later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that song well, and then is there's the, the guy who was dragged off the airplane, uh, D- oh, yeah. Dr. Dow. That's another one that millions of viewers on it. But you know what? United ended up behaving well in that situation, how they handled it. Even with the guy who's, whose guitar is broken, they did something about it. Now, it took them a while. And that's really the key. I, I think these big companies eventually do something about these situations. But I'd like to think they do, no doubt. Yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to okay. jump into your book. And I want to I want you to share with us the four or five nuggets. Just I know there's many, many in there, but four or five that we can all start to use immediately and handling complaints, making our customers happy, making them love us and making them say, I'll be back. We're coming right back. We are talking with Janelle Barlow, who is the author of A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. The newest edition has just been released. It is available on Amazon. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Janelle Barlow, the author of A Complaint is a Gift. You, have, in the first half of her interview, basically shared the stats and facts that compel us to want to figure out how we can make sure the customers do want to come back. And uh, so let's go through some of the techniques in your book okay. that will help us uh, better deal with complaints. Well, the one thing I think is that, and this has to be done at a very senior level in companies, they need to understand that to get into an appropriate mindset around handling complaints, because it is a mindset, just as delivering transactional customer service is a mindset, handling complaints is a mindset. And that's why the whole 
metaphor of a complaint is a gift is a good way to start your mindset. This is my mindset. I'm going to be given a gift. And that just changes things automatically. But at a very top level, companies, managers need, or CEOs, C-suite, need to understand that people do not naturally know how to handle complaints. They do not. And a lot of them think that that's the case. I mean, they hire these people, they teach them a few scripted responses, and they think that they've got the answer. But if you look at a lot of the people who are handling complaints, they are young. And where they learned complaint handling was in their families and in their families from their siblings. And when they had arguments with their siblings, they fought with each other. You know, you did this, I'm going to tell mom, I'm going to whatever it is. And then they get into a complaint handling situation and they have go-to responses. That's how I refer to them as go-to responses. Somebody's telling me something nasty about me or my company or whatever. My go-to response is to fight back or it's to do any number of different things. Maybe not fight back, but any number of different things. Defense and, mechanisms pop up. And, and exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they've been with that person for about 20 years. So they've got to be taught to recognize those and then what they can shift into. And it's a great way to refer to it. What's your go-to response? You know, somebody gets behind you in their car and they honk your horn. What's your go-to response? For a lot of people, it's to give them the finger. And that's not the one that we normally wave with. And uh, that's that's not going to work either. That's, that's how we get road rage. Right. So, so that's an important kind of thing. Now, you may be looking at more um, concrete kinds of little tidbits to do. Yes. If you have the mindset of a complaint is a gift, I think that an appropriate beginning to a complaint is some kind of a statement of gratitude. Well, thanks for telling me. I really appreciate it. That's acknowledgement and uh, perhaps an apology, even if it's not your fault. Yeah, yeah, the apologies, I think, should come a little bit later because you don't know enough yet what you're apologizing about when they first start off. I mean, you know, I say, I have a complaint and they say to me, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, too. What, what do you mean? Well, what you don't I- just say, I'm sorry. You know, hey, I'm sorry this happened. Can you tell me more so I can help? Hopefully resolve it. Yeah. If if they are so wise as to say it like that, Chef, but a lot of them just do it this way. Sorry. That's not going to work. No, it's not going to yeah. work. So so you really have to understand what it is in communication with communication chains. Now, you're trying to elicit out of the customer a position of helpfulness because they're probably angry when they're talking with you about something that went wrong, that they're afraid is not going to get fixed. So what you have to do is to create this chain. And One of the communication chains that is actually the most common popular chain in the whole world, which is um, thank you and then you're welcome. I mean, that's what we say when somebody says thank you. We say you're welcome. Now, the moment you've got that exchange going, a lot of the hostility goes away. And then you can start from there. You're trying to to, uh, mitigate or eliminate the anger. Yes. That's the right words. You want this person to feel like you're on their team and yes, you're there to right. help them out. Right. And uh, yeah. is it, yeah. you know, we, I, what is your thought on saying, hey, I know you're angry. I would be angry too if that happened yes. to me. Right. I'm here to help you. Can we set the anger aside for a moment? Can, is it okay to say that or is that going to? Sure, absolutely. I do think you have even more powerful if you use those powerful words. You know, you, you want to stop just a moment, taking a breath of air, because you can hear their anger. You want to respond mm-hmm. emotionally to their anger. So, my gosh, thank you so much for t- 
telling me about, we would never know if you hadn't said anything. And I know this, I'd, I would be angry too in this situation. That's gold. You know, Shep, right there's there. a lot of emotional intelligence in this business of complaint handling. And that's why I think it has to be approached a little bit differently than service. With service, if, if I'm in a transactional service situation, I want to just try to help that person feel good about the business decision that they're making to buy this. So that's that's fine. But with complaint handling, it's a, somebody comes in to buy something, they're excited. But somebody comes in to complain, they're, they're not excited about that. Who's excited? I get to go in and complain. Whoopee. No, it doesn't quite work that way. Whoever said... I get to what, what's the, the quote is I'm excited to make a complaint said no one. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not a good situation. That's why Costco, I don't know if you shop at Costco, but they are so good with complaint handling because they'll take anything. You don't even have to bring in a receipt. It's just, I think it's 30 days on some things, but just come in, give us your product back and we'll reduce you know, it from Companies that have done that have really, uh, they've got a great reputation. Nordstrom had that reputation. What happens when you're big enough, you can make deals with your suppliers that their products have to do what they're supposed to do. If not, they have to be willing to take them back. And that's why companies like Costco and Nordstrom and other retailers have said, Hey, if you know, we're not going to fight with the customer, we're going to just take care of them. And as a result, the trust is there. Years ago, Brookstone used to have a lifetime guarantee on what they sold. If you have a lifetime guarantee, I'm I'll buy it, and price becomes less important because I know if it if it breaks or whatever, I'll bring it back. I bought a hammock um, from from uh, Brookstone, and it was a, from a fairly well known brand. But Brookstone sold it, and lifetime guarantee. I kept the hammock outside. There was wood, and of course, hammock has a little rope. You lay in, and if you leave it outside for three or four or five years, guess what's going to happen? The wood's going to rot, and eventually the rope's going to break. And I just brought this clunk of mess into Brookstone, and they went back and brought me out a brand new one. Right, <laughs> three right. times, yeah. by the way, over over Whoa. like a twenty year period. <laughs> so oh, that sounds. They like honored that. the lifetime, and you know what? I kept going back and buying more and more from them. More and more, yeah. That's how REI, the sports. I it, love it, that company. Yes. And, you know, I've noticed this because I just started going in there uh, recently to buy a bunch of camping equipment because my husband and I have gotten into astronomy and we're going to go out and look at the sky. I live in in New Mexico. We're going to go out and look at the sky here. It's the greatest sky in the world for looking at. And I go in there and, you know, the clerks are happier because they don't have to fight the customers. So this is a real important point that you're making get into a situation where, you know, the mindset, the complaint is a gift. I get it. Techniques like saying thank you for letting me know is a disarming technique. But then if you let that customer know, you've got nothing to worry about. You don't have to argue with the customer. They're going to be upset with you. Just we're going to teach you techniques on how to deal with a complaint that's an angry complaint because you're going to feel defensive. But there's no reason to because as a company, I've got your back. You're my people. I've got your your back. All you need to do is get that customer, you know, uh, the reasonable uh, solution to what they need, and mm-hmm. make sure they go away happy. Yeah, yeah. That's well. The you goal. know what I've started to do, Chef, is when I buy a, a new product, such as when we just bought this Subaru Forester. <laughs> it's a big car. Big. It's a wonderful car. It's a wonderful car. 
I am giving my book, A Complaint is a Gift, to whoever it is that I deal with. And I figure what I'm doing is buying some insurance about how they're going to handle me. Not that I think that <laughs> Superman wouldn't handle me well, but yeah. I'm really setting the stage for this is the best way for you to interact with me. And I, 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 I've done it now a number of times. They don't quite know what to do well, about it. Let me this. tell you what, when you, and I mean, I know the feeling because I've written books and I'll hand books to people. When you do that and you give them their book as a gift, they go, oh my gosh, I need to be on my best behavior. So uh, right. I love it. When I'm at a restaurant with some friends and the server's there and we're joking, by the way, you know, he's a customer service expert and she looks at me or he looks at me and says, uh, oh, really? I go, that means that you're going to be on your best behavior. And I'd like two comment cards, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You told people to go to Amazon and buy a copy of the book. They should buy a few more so they can give them away. Right. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, that's good. Give us another tip from the book. Okay. Can I switch over to online complaining? Oh, yeah. And from Mm -hmm. there. Uh, and, and, And I'm citing some research that was done by three Harvard professors and which they use big data, uh, 20 million comments that they analyzed that were online on the four big hospitality, the hotel, hotels.com, Expedia, and, and the other ones, uh, four of them, 20 million of them, they analyzed them, and, uh, and, and, and they came up with some, uh, some principles that most people don't seem to really know about all that well. First of all, they say this, if because I think everybody probably listened to you, probably get some kind of feedback online mm-hmm. if so many people are, are doing it. First thing to do is that when you get positive response, uh, use a real quick generic response and move on because like, you do want to respond to a positive response. So basically you're saying you want to respond to both positive and negative. Yes. Positive deserves a quick little, hey, thanks for letting us know. We appreciate That's right. that. That's we appreciate right. your business. Because thanks. here's yeah. what happens on all these big platforms is that the positive comment drops down because you just responded to it. Anything that you respond to uh, drops down. But with the positive ones, you don't want to respond to them immediately. Let them sit at the top because they won't drop down then. It's the negative ones that you want to be as fast as you can possibly be. Because the moment that you respond to them, they start dropping down the scale and then they go on to the second page and the third page. And most consumers aren't reading the second and the third page. They're just reading the top lines. So if you get all your positive ones, keep them up. You're referring to online reviews. Online reviews. Does that make sense? So leave the positive ones up there so that they move down slowly. The negative ones you want to respond to quickly. And those you need to spend a little time on. They should be specific. So if a customer complained about uh, the quality of your beds, you want to say, yes, I went in, I checked, I laid down on that bed and you were absolutely right. It is way too soft. And we have replaced it with a new mattress. Thank you so much for this. Now, what you're doing is you're not only taking care of a problem, but you are also sending a message. We take care of problems in this hospitality venture. That's what's going on. And that's what's important. Now, if you can get your stars up and and the way, you know, all of these sites, YouTube, all of them, they all have their own algorithms of how they handle how they deal with these complaints. But if you can get your stars from, let's say it's a four-star rate, five, let's make it five-star because that's most of them are five-star. If you can get your ratings from 4.1 up to 4.2.1, they'll jump it up a level on the stars. 
They don't, you, they never give you like, if you look at them, the stars are never 4.7356. They're not like that. They're in big chunks. And if you can get them up past the next level, let's say from 4.9 to 5.1, you get a five point rating. If you're down below, they drop you down to 4.5. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. and you want to want to do that. Interesting. So you want to keep up there, and then and then here's here's the interesting thing. They, these this group did some research with this, and they found that the people with a half star rating higher than the next one above the one below them, they get more bookings. Wow. That's it, yes. part of like Expedia's and Travelocities and, and that. So it's, that the, is a wow. The, those it, star ratings make a big matter. difference. We, yeah, they we matter. did some research on on how many people have written reviews versus the one to five or one to 10 right. type reviews. And very That's interesting. Right. We, are, we are basically yeah. out of time and we yep. always end the show with a quick last minute, last, like what's your last thought in, in, in less than 60 seconds? If you could right. share one more great nugget of information from the book, what would you share with us today? Well, I would say this. I mean, and I would answer this question differently how I feel it at any given moment. But right now, I would say this. You've got to practice this in your whole life. You can't just turn it on to customers because you won't do it. Uh, you'll go to your go-to response and say something else. But if you could get into the habit of every time somebody complains to you, your family is a good place to start. Because we complain to each other in our families quite sure. a bit. And if you say to them, if you stop and then you say, thank you, I really appreciate it. I mean, we do this in my family all the time. It's almost a joke, but we know what we're doing. We're letting go of whatever hostility was there. We're moving into that space of, I want to be with you. I love you. And I want to be with you. And that's what treating any kind of feedback as a gift does, is it makes us closer to the people around us who matter the most. Love it. I love how you come back full circle to that point of the acknowledgement and uh, the politeness. I mean, uh, that just simply saying, hey, thank you for letting me know. I would be upset with any of this, what you said earlier. I'd be upset with that as well if that happened to me. And I appreciate you sharing it now. And the cool thing is once you do that, you disarm them from some of the anger. And then you could say something like, let's, let's start over again. Let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. many people say, don't make them tell the story over and over again. But if you're using this technique, what you're doing is you're dropping the anchor and now they're telling you the story because they know you're going to help them, not because they're complaining about it and want you to know. And you know, Shep, what they really want to do is to be listened to. Yeah. We, you know, we've got like so, much going on, so much going on in our world that we really don't listen very well to each other. And that's what they want to know that you're going to. And if they, if they get to repeat their story, fine, you're going to listen to it and wow. they will feel so much more satisfied as one person to another. Janelle, this has been great. You know, I have been, I've known you since the 1980s. I remember when your book first came out, I, I've admired your work. Again, the book is A Complaint is a Gift, the newest version just released November 22. And that means that you can get it and learn the latest and greatest. Janelle, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Shep. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another amazing interview. And we will be back next week with someone else. Not sure who it's going to be yet, but I promise you it's going to be worth listening to. So come back. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.